Hey, how's it going, guys? Tyler Solberg with the Solberg Performance Training Podcast, and today we have episode seven or eight. I don't know. I'll say it in the description. Um, just got done yesterday with another podcast with Dan John. Went awesome. Um, always enjoy talking to Dan. Um, one of the things I've always loved about Dan is that he makes he makes things simple um, and easy to follow. When you're looking for someone to guide you on a path, usually what you're looking for is someone that can can simplify the process. And as I've alluded to in the past, you know, beginners beginners make everything complicated and ex- experts simplify. So that's the really nice thing in hanging out with Dan is he knows how to cut to the cut to the chase, right to the core of what you're trying to accomplish and, and how to do it instead of uh, simply talking about it. So I have a little list of questions again today that I'm going to run through. Some of them have to do with, some of these will apply to trainers and their clients, and then some should apply to a broader audience of just what are the keys to nutrition and a great training plan and how do you set goals. So hopefully some of these questions should be helpful to you in whatever you're trying to accomplish in your fitness and nutrition journey. So first one here is, why should trainers make the switch to online training? I don't necessarily think that trainers need to exclusively switch to online training, but I do think it's very necessary for them to have it as a part of their service offerings. Um, I think that clients, especially the people I work with, they travel and they have other demands other than training outside of their life, so they might be gone or have other obligations. I think it's really important for people to be able to have an app or some sort of way to deliver online training to clients when maybe something comes up in their schedule or they have travel, um, just as a way to have adherence over time. Um, so convenience to clients is going to be number one reason that you should do that, um, also, if you're doing, if you have like an app, you can track, you know, people's numbers over time as kind of a, a log um, that way. But then I also think it's really important too for the trainers. Um, a lot of the trainers that I talk to, and this is just a mentality that's that's been adopted by the fitness industry, like a lot of other a lot of other fields. They look at this waking up at four in the morning and training clients until nine o'clock at night is kind of this, uh, work hard badge of honor thing. You know, no one, no, uh, first one in last one out. And I think like in theory, that's a nice thing, right? Kind of symbolic of working hard. But I think at the same time, if you're looking at this trainer and, you know, maybe they run hit classes during the day and, you know, they have to do the workouts with the clients themselves and, they're, they're piling up five 30 minute workouts throughout the day. And then they do their own strength training and you can just see how that becomes a problem over time. I, I really think for, for, uh, trainers to be able to have freedom in their schedule and freedom to, um, not do shit like that. I'm, I'm not against group exercise training by any means, but I just think like, it's not a very sustainable business when you have to train four times a day. Um, and, and be training with the clients yourself. It's just not, that's not something that's going to work for 
trainers over time. So I think it's important to have the online training training aspect because you can have an exercise library. You can tell them what to do. You can have the sets, reps, you know, everything in there. Um, and they can watch the videos of you doing it, but you don't have to do it. And I think, <clears throat> I think that's, that's important to have that freedom as a trainer to um, be able to prescribe something. You don't need to be doing something in person for people to kind of wrap their head around how to do an exercise movement. Um, so for people that are self-motivated and people that like to do self-study type of stuff, maybe these are some of the people that in college, like the online courses or things like that, like they do very well, um, following an online format. Uh, I got to give a shout out to <clears throat> one of my new clients that I just onboarded a couple weeks ago. Um, his name is Eli and he's been just killing it, man. You know, some people, some people really thrive in this model where they already, you know, had some cooking skills. They have the mindset of someone that's ready to embrace the process and get better and, they just simply needed a plan and they simply needed a format that was easy for them to consume it in. And for a lot of people that turns out to be, you know, just having an online training app that they can train through. And, you know, what we're doing with Eli is, is what we do with most of the people, which is, you know, Hey, here's your, here's a, a personalized nutrition report based on your goals, needs, and personal preferences. Here are some basic habits that help reinforce you know, hitting those marks. And then here's a way to take pictures of your plate so that I can, you know, go through a, throughout the week and do a little recap on how you can improve your plates. And then here's your workouts, man. You know, um, do them on your lunch break, do them whenever you got to do them. But yeah, I mean, I, I think some people really thrive in that model um, because they just need a plan. So shout out to Eli. That guy's been kicking ass the last couple of weeks and then I have no doubt in my mind he will continue to do that. So, yeah, so that's that's the main reason I would say people want to switch over to the online format is, you know, I, I will I will always say that I love to train people in person. That's great. Um, you know, I, I I never I don't think I ever want to get to the point where I strictly train clients online, even though you probably could financially, right? Um, so I just like like being in person with people. But some people, you know, a lot of my clients are around the country. I think I, I'm training people in like 10 different states right now. Um, you know, that's great for them too. They get to work with who they want to work with regardless of their location. So I think that's awesome. So let's move to the next one. Um, we have, I have clients that say they don't have time to train in food prep. How do you approach this situation? Um, yeah, it's really tough working with anyone when they have the mindset that they don't have time. Um, but it's just something through that, that you're just going to have to work through with them. Um, because a lot of time it's really based on perception. Um, it's kind of like difficulty, you know, perceived difficulty is really based on the experience of the client and the skills of the client. So someone that's really, you know, feels like the world is happening to them every day and they don't have any control over the situation. A lot of that has to do with the perception of, you know, what they're doing on a daily basis in their life. Right. Um, you know, I've worked with clients that say, you know, I don't have time to do a 15 minute workout. And, you know, we, we, we know the obvious answer to that is they do, right? Like if I went through, um, their phone activity, you know, like their, their hours on their phone and the activity time on that. And I went through their Netflix again, right? Like you'd be able to see, there's a ton of windows 
of, uh, you know, uh, of opportunity for them to get training in. Right. Like I, I, I really like to look at people that are immensely successful and have these multiple things going on. You look at someone like Gordon Ramsay, right. It's like he runs multiple restaurants. He does these shows he doesn't. And yes, he probably has an assistant. Um, right. So we don't want to just, but, but very busy, right. Just booked to a T. Um, and he, you know, you would, when you look at him, he finds time to work out as well. Um, so I, I think it's really important sometimes for you just to be able to take a step back and go, okay, well, you know, do you not have time? If you don't have time, well, let's maybe look through, you know, how you're, how you're spending your time throughout your day. One of the things I like to do with clients is, um, is a time log. So you can go through and be like, Hey, throughout your day, I want you to, you know, let's mark out the time that you work. Let's mark out the time that you wake up in the morning. Let's mark out, you know, the other activities you do throughout the day. And then we can really, you know, if, if it turns out that after we, we analyze your, your schedule that you really don't have time. Well, you know, maybe this just isn't for you right now. You don't have the time to do it with the other obligations you have, but most of the time you're going to find that when you look at their schedule, all right, man, you know, I'm spending three hours a day scrolling on my phone, doing nothing, you know, watching, watching TikToks or right. But, but it's there, you know, so it's really going to come down to, can you modify these people's perception over time of their, their perceived busyness? And then also, you know, they're going to have to make a decision too. Right. Um, and, And I hate to say that. And everybody in this day and age wants to make it like, Oh, they did their best. Yeah. Well, on one end, yes. But on the other end, you know, if it, you say a lot about what you're about by how you spend your time, you know, it'd be like you, you tell someone in your relationship, you know, I really love you and, and I want to be here for you, but you don't, you know, you never see them, right? It, what, what you say and what you do are two completely different things. So it is, it is ultimately, I'll say, you know, if this question is coming from a trainer, it will be ultimately up to your client to make that decision for themselves. You can present them with all the data that you'd like. And you just do your job on the end of, hey, I'm here for you. Hey, here are the structures you need in place to achieve your goal that you told me you want to achieve. What are you ready, willing, and able to do? And then you will see, you know, and you work with them one step at a time, meet them where they're at. And, and you know, you try to get them to the point where they, over time, they go, okay, well, I really do have time. I really, uh, you know, I, I just had to make a priority in my schedule to get these things done. All right. So let's move to the next question. I have clients that say training is too expensive. How would you approach this situation? Um, kind of the same thing from a from a time standpoint that I was talking about, right? If you go through and you log how you're spending your time, you can kind of get a, a good um a good idea if they actually have time or you know, this is just their perception, they're kind of wasting time other places. You can do the same thing with the finances, right? Um I started very low on my price point with my my training. Um, I'm charging forty bucks a month. I mean, that's that's dirt cheap. You know, I charge you know in a group setting fifty bucks a person um, for a forty five minute session, right? So I'm just I'm just giving this away right now just to get people you know to do it and, and build some good results and, and get people in the door, right? Um, but I think if if you know over time as as I'm I'm probably going to I think about four months from now, I'm going to probably drastically improve, you know, bring up my prices to what they actually would cost. Um, When you look at like what $40 is to most people, 
you know, if you went through someone's budget, you'd be able to find 40 bucks that just slipped through the cracks very easily, right? That's, that's 10 bucks a month, you know, or 10 bucks a, a week, um, every month to make it 40 bucks. If, if someone can't afford that, you know, that's kind of a problem, right? Like maybe they shouldn't be worried about training right now. Um, and I don't even mean that like offensively, just, you know, if that's, if, if finances are that tight, they, they probably shouldn't, shouldn't buy a training plan or buy online training. Um, but the thing you can do with your clients, if, if they are really the, the only barrier that's in the way is finances, you can sit down with them and go, okay, well, let's, let's look at your budget and let's look at where we're spending money. You know, rent comes out this day and you got your phone bill and you got your, you know, your, your utilities and ding, 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 right. We're paying for all these subscriptions and a lot of them, we forget about them, right. You could probably be paying $40 a month in subscriptions that you just forgot to cancel. Um, so some people might look at this as kind of overstepping. I think like if the, if the client's sitting there and they really want to do it, um, but they, <laughs> this is the only way they can do it is if they find extra, an extra 40 bucks in a month. I think, I think if you have the skill set to do it and you're, you're good at budgeting, um, now you sit down with them and, and look through their finances and help them find a way to make it happen. Um, you know, if they're, but it's a, it's the same thing with spending time, right? Like the Netflix and the and the phone activity thing. If they're just wasting time, and you find places in their budget where they're just wasting money, and they're not willing to compromise on that, it has a lot more to do with personal priorities. Um, you know, of of what they're willing to spend money on, right? You know, if you're willing to, and I know this because I used to do this all the time. You know, I would spend hundreds of dollars in the in the bars as a college student, hundreds of dollars. I, I, you know, really probably didn't have to spend, but I spent regardless because right. That's where my priorities were. You know, my priority was I wanted to be in the bar and I want to be slinging shots around everybody being, being that guy. Right. Um, you know, and that's just where my priorities were at that time. So, you know, that's the thing too. You can't, you can't make someone prioritize, even if it's in their best interest, you just can't, you know, you can't force that upon themselves. They're probably, you know, if they, if they can see those things they're spending money on and they still don't want to make changes, then that's going to come down to them needing a little bit more time to get sick of their own shit and realize kind of the flaws in, in some of their spending habits and things like that. And, and they'll come around, you know. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, next question is keys to good nutrition. Um, I would say there's a few things. Um, when I work with clients, some of the biggest things that I work with, because I see a lot of trainers get really in depth with the macro thing right away. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, but it reminds me a lot of when people get really detailed with people's percentages early on, um, when they, the, when they're new to training, right? They, they don't need to know their, their five rep max, their, their one rep max. They, they need to get practice under the bar. Um, they need to get practice with a kettlebell. They need to learn how to, you know, cheat clean it, how to do these basic things that help you execute technique and, and be able to lift weight properly. Um, in nutrition, I think that kind of applies to the macros thing is I don't think people need to get that detailed with their macros when they start. I think if you took a picture of someone's plate, when they start training with you, the average American is kind of on this beige diet thing, right? Like chicken nuggets and potatoes and oatmeal. I'm not saying oatmeal is bad, but you get what I'm saying, right? It lacks a lot of color. It lacks a lot of protein. So some of the first things I do before I even get into 
um, before I even get into maybe getting more detailed with the macros is I just, you know, let's get a sample of, of your plates. Can you take pictures of your plates for me? Can I look at, are you getting ample amounts of protein? Do I see colorful, um, vegetables on your plate? And, and then really from there, I'm looking at, can you eat mindfully? Can you, do, do you have the skills, um, to eat until you're satisfied, not stuffed? Um, do your portions make sense for your goals, needs, and personal preferences? I would say those are the biggest things that are key to nutrition. Dan John would say that, you know, that I just had on the other day, he would say veggies and water, um, and protein. And I would, I would, I would very much agree with that. Um, you know, most people, if you could reduce the amount of caloric beverages you're, you're taking in on a daily basis, if you can, if you can eat more vegetables to add roughage and, and more vitamins and minerals to your diet and carbohydrate intake, right. Um, and get some ample amounts of protein so that your body's retaining and building muscle at the rates it needs to be to match the demands of your training schedule. I think from there, you're really good to go. Um, you know, do you need carbs per activity? If you're doing higher forms of exercise, you have higher activity demands in sport. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, and, and even you got to have some basic co consumption of minimally processed carbohydrates because, you know, that's what your brain uses as a primary fuel source, right? Carbs. But there are carbohydrates in, in healthy fruits and vegetables and, you know, you can, for, for the demands of most people's jobs, which is, you know, it's no knock to them, which is sitting in a chair. Um, you can, you can really do a lot with just those things, right? So let's recap that. That'd be ample amounts of protein, colorful fruits and vegetables. Um, are you eating proper portions? Are you eating slowly? you know, so that your satiation cues can catch up. And then are you eating until you're satisfied, not stuffed? Are you not gorging yourself? You're going, okay, you know, I've had enough to eat. I'm going to step away from this. I don't feel like I have to finish my plate. I can, you know, save it for later or whatever. I think that's the big key. If you can get good at those things, the fundamentals, those five things or four things, whatever, um, you know, you'll, you'll make some really great progress. And maybe down the line when you're closer toward, you know, more extreme and in more advanced body composition goals, things like that, then maybe you can talk about, you know, manipulating the macros a little bit more, fine tune it a little bit more. But I just think until that happens, it's, it's not very necessary for most people's goals. Um, and the time that they're, they're, they're wanting to invest in food prep as well. Okay. Let's go to the next one. So what is the key to a great training plan? I, and again, you know, kind of alluding to, to John again, uh, Dan, John here again. Um, I, I believe that the best program is, you know, consists of fundamental human movements, um, you know, push, pull, hinge, squat, low to carry some groundwork, um, you know, some, some hill sprints for capacity, some, some sled pushes, um, some walking, lots of walking, you know, that's something that I, I make sure that I include in my routine every day. Yeah, for basic people's goals, right? You know, can we train three, four days a week? Um, can we train anywhere from, you know, I have, I have clients that I work with on programs that only last 13 minutes and they've made some awesome progress. So I, it really depends on, on what your goal is. Um, but anywhere from like 15 minutes to 45, 60 minutes in the gym, um, we'll say two to four days a week, right? You know, if you increase frequency, better results most of the time, right? Um, but 
Yeah, I would say that's the big key. You know, if we're looking at like, can we apply that to a workout? It might look something like this. If you're just starting out, maybe you start with a, a full body split and you could go, all right, I come in and, you know, maybe I start with basic kettlebell progressions on working on the hinge pattern. So I might have a kettlebell deadlift followed by, um, you know, a dumbbell or kettlebell one arm row. Do that for three sets of, you know, let's say eight to 10. And then maybe maybe 30 seconds rest in between. Then we'll move over to another block and we'll go, okay, we got to get our upper body pushing and lower body um, pulling in here. So, um, you know, we'll do our upper – kind of lost my train of thought here. So we go, we go squat now. Okay, so we got like goblet squat and bench press. And then maybe finish off with a little bit of, you know, weighted carries or sled pushing there um, to build some capacity at the end. It doesn't need to be crazy, guys. I'm telling you, if, if especially the demographic that my business is catered to, and, and trust me, like I've worked with both pro and collegiate guys and I've worked in um, tactical settings and things like that. And yeah, there's probably some stuff that they're, that some of these populations need to do for the demands of their sport and their job that, that that are necessary but for the average person hey man just go pick up some weights do it correctly do it consistently um you know get a walk in every day and and eat according to your goals it doesn't need to be that complicated as far as a training plan i would say another thing for for the training plan aspect of things is a great training plan is is replicatable it's it's doable over time. You're going to have some workouts that are a little bit harder than others so that you're able to regulate wave intensity over time. Um, but, you know, whatever is a great training plan really just has to do with um, the individual, their experience, um, the equipment that they have available, which is a big thing that my site's based on. You know, hey, the, some of the first questions are like, what the hell do you have to train with? Um, because I'm not interested in talking about best case scenario when you don't have access to equipment. So, you know, can you get the fundamental human movements in? Do you have, um, you know, do you have some equipment available to train with? If not, you know, we got to do some more body weight and calisthenics type of stuff, a little bit more walking and rucking and things like this. Um, you know, do we, do we have good structures in place for tracking progress over time? I think that's really important too. I talked about that in an earlier episode, you know, if we're trying to improve body composition, are we measuring, um, you know, are we measuring our waist and, are we taking before and after pictures and things like that? All that stuff is necessary um, to be able to quantify whether or not you're achieving your goals. So, yeah, that's that's what I would say makes a great training plan is just some basic structure of, you know, can we learn the baselines of um, sound exercise technique with the fundamental human movements and have a good way of tracking and, you know, go from there. Okay. All right, let's maybe make this the last one of the day here because I've been doing these around <clears throat> 20, 30 minutes here. So um, let's look at this one. So how do you set goals? I think that this is an important thing that most people never learn how to do. And that's why they are stalling in their progress all the time because the thing people hate to do is sit down and take time and reflect. And they, they hate to sit down with a piece of paper and go, what are my goals actually? Because I think in this, I think that in this day and age, and especially with just like the ease of consumption of most things, it's it's quick, um, and 
you know, it, it's quick and easy. And I think when you sit down and you write out your goals and what you're trying to accomplish, it, it takes a little bit of thought and it's in, and it doesn't readily come to you. And, you know, I guess it's a little bit easier for me because I've done a lot of writing between like college and, and doing it for my blog and, you know, just professional writing that I have to do. But like, I'm used to sitting down and just like having to hash it out. And I'm used to like having to adjust things over time. Um, and that it may be, you know, maybe maybe take some time to develop an idea. And I think that's what happens with goal setting. You know, how do you set goals? Well, I think the first thing is just sitting down um, by yourself in a room with a piece of paper, or your phone, and just going like, what do I want to do? Um, because I think people are kind of arbitrarily setting goals these days. I'm like, I want to look like this and I want to, I want to perform like this. And they don't even know why they, they feel that way. Um, it might not even be attached to any of the goals they, they truly have for their life, which maybe have nothing to do with their fitness. Um, so I think the best way that you can set goals is kind of start with the big picture in mind. You know, what do I want to achieve? And I alluded to this in one of the prior episodes talking about like doing the, the, the five twos exercise, where do I want to be in? Um, 20 years, where do I want to be in two years? Where do I want to be in two months? You know, work your way down to today. Where do you want to be with those things financially, physically, mentally, um, emotionally, spiritually? Where do you want to be? Write those things down on a piece of paper and just go like, in this amount of time, I'd like to be here. In this amount of time, I'd like to be here. And what you can do in the course of writing and, and writing these things out is number one, you you have on paper what you want to accomplish. This is, you know, mark in time for like something you want to accomplish so you can always go back and, and see, you know, what, what were my goals like at this point in my life? But you're also able to re um, reverse engineer your goals. You know, most people are always focused on the macro goal and really the things that like help you achieve your goals in the long term have a lot less to do with that big macro goal. It has to do with the process and these micro goals that you have every day. So, you know, let's, let's look at an example of like maybe fat loss, right? So, you know, what are the big key components to fat loss for someone that's a body composition client? Most of the times it's, you know, it comes down to, you know, good nutrition, putting, like I said earlier, you know, protein, vegetables, and water. Um, it comes down to getting, you know, two to three, maybe, you know, four um, strength training workouts in every week, full body strength training workouts. Um, it comes down to getting some ample walking in. It comes down to getting, um some, some ineffective, Dan would talk about this is some inefficient exercise. And, you know, can you go, you know, if you're bad at dancing, can you go pick up a dancing class? Can you, can you do some things that you're not good at? So they're a little bit more demanding on your body from a caloric expenditure standpoint, right? So pick something that you're not good at and go do it. Um, but how can we, you know, how can we make that, that greater goal of fat loss happen? Well, we need to figure out how we can now plug those into a daily ritual right? Daily routine. Um, you know, so if I, if my big goal is like, I got to eat more veggies in this equation, well, I can back up and reverse engineer that and go, okay, well, for me to get more veggies, I got to go and shop for veggies. Well, when am I going to shop for veggies? What types of veggies am I going to buy? So there's this whole <clears throat> planning bit that's involved in, in achieving these people's macro goals that they just never consider. And so you, you're not you're not able to develop strategy to go after your goals when you don't sit down and go, what's my macro goal? What's involved in achieving that goal? Um, hopefully that makes sense. You know, you can't simply say, I'm going to, you know, I'd like to lose X amount of body fat 
and not have sat down and, and been thoughtful about the things that need to be in place for you to do that. And, and then the strategies that need to be in place for you to execute them. You know, I noticed that that's why the, the strategy calls I think are such an important part of what I do in online coaching is, you know, I give them a personalized nutrition report. When you work with me, you know, um, what your, what your, you know, your targets are for veggies, protein, um, you know, carbohydrates and fats based on your goals, needs, and personal preferences. You know, all these things coming in. That doesn't mean you, you have the skills or strategy to go out and put that into practice right away, right? That involves kitchen skills. That involves, you know, planning when you're going to shop. That involves financial skills to be able to, you know, budget out money to, to buy the food in the first place, right? There's a lot of smaller steps involved um, in achieving your goals than you think. And those are the most important things that are going to get you to the macro goal. Um, so I would say, yeah, the, the best way to set goals is to take the big goal and start working backwards. You know, maybe you do it like kind of a diagram. You go, you know, circle. Um, you take a piece of blank paper and circle it and go, you know, decrease body fat. Or, you know, maybe you have a specific goal, right? The lose 15 pounds of body fat, okay? And then you're going to draw a little line off of that. You're going to draw another circle and you're going to go, okay, um, I need to eat more vegetables. Okay, line off of that. How am I going to eat more vegetables? All right, well, I got to buy more vegetables. Line off of that. Um, you know, where am I going to buy these vegetables? When am I going to buy these vegetables? How am I going to prepare them? Um, do, do I need more kitchen skills to be able to put this into practice? Or do I need to maybe get a meal delivery service or, you know, buy, buy frozen bags of vegetables and make my life easier, right? Before I can pick up more skills. Um, so yeah, hopefully that, that makes sense on the end of setting goals is just, you know, you, you need the bigger goal in mind, but you also need to put in, you also need to consider the steps involved in, in executing the goal and, and the strategy involved. Well, I think I'm a, I'm a cut it off there because we're right about at 30 minutes, but um, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for, for continuing to tune in and um, I'm just going to continue to do these Q and a style. And um, if you guys have questions, there's a link on my site um, for, for contacting me, my emails on there, um, solver performance training, um, 19 at gmail.com, which I actually, am going to get switched soon. Cause I just got like a business email now. I'll get that updated in time, but yeah. So if you got any questions that you would like me to cover on the show, you just, um, send me an email. If you have any ideas of like guys that you think I should, or girls, gals, I gotta get, I gotta get a girl on, on my show. I've all had all dudes so far. Um, <clears throat> but if you have any ideas of, you know, feedback for the show or, you know, things you'd like me to talk about questions you have, or maybe ideas for guests, um, send them over to that email and let me know or reach out on social media, but you guys have a great rest of your day and thanks for tuning in and hear from me soon.